saying this is, what's the point? What is the point? Anybody ever had that frustration? Come on down. Okay, so, so this section's awake. This section's still asleep. May I ask God, how many of you have ever felt like that? You've had that frustration, right? See, I'm telling you, what's the point? So let me talk to you married folks. Have you ever tried to change your spouse and they wouldn't change? What's the point, right? <laughs> oh, let's talk to you parent. No, we're going to stop right there. What's the point? Sometimes in life, there are missions that God has us on that we don't quite understand why. Because it doesn't make sense. Sometimes God takes us on journeys that if we'll be honest, we think is beneath us. But the truth is, is that God always has a plan. And if we're faithful to God, if we're faithful in the moments that we're discouraged, if we're faithful inside those pieces of the mission, those seasons, what will happen is we'll start seeing why God allowed things. Why did God send me on this duty? Why did God send me on this particular mission when I didn't like that? You know, it's like this, people, I'll tell people, they'll say, hey, pastor, I really, really want to be a pastor. I want to stand in the platform and I want to preach the gospel from the platform to say, where should I begin? You know what I'll say? There's a mop in the hallway closet and there's a plunger. You want to experience what the Holy Spirit wants to do? Go plunge one of the toilets and let's see how saved you really are. And you say, well, pastor, that's just silly. No, it's not. Because God places you on missions that you don't understand because it's a place of preparation. So today as we read this passage of Scripture, I want you to read it with that mindset in place. Basically, when pointless missions and how they lead you to your greater mission. That's what I want you to grab a hold of today. Because here's the thing I'll tell you. Great people, great people most of the time have gone through some difficult, meaningless, in our mind, seasons that seem pointless in the moment. But when we look back in hindsight, we realize it was those very things that prepared us for what we're about to go through and for our real call on our lives. So if you would stand to your feet and we're going to open up our Bibles into 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9, and I want to look at the first three verses. The first three verses, and uh, let's see, let's get it right here. The first three verses, the Bible says this. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, who was the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bechoreth, and then a whole bunch of other names that I can't pronounce either. He was a Benjamite, a mighty man of power, which means he was a man of influence inside of the area that he had influence in, in a small tribe. Benjamin was one of the smallest tribes, so that's just something for you to remember. Verse 2, and he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. So if anybody ever tells you being a tall, being tall is not a blessing, I'm telling you it's a blessing. Okay, okay, keep going. 
Verse 3. Now the donkeys of Kish, his father, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Please take one of the servants with you and arise. Go and look for the donkeys. Wow. What a mission. I'm looking for donkeys. Let's pray. Father, today as we step into your word, I pray, God, that this time together, as we sow your word, I pray, God, that it will find fertile soil in each of our hearts. And I pray this, Father, as always, that God, this word, your word, will bring back a harvest of good in each of our lives. And I pray this, that, Father, you would convict our hearts of the places where we've given up, the places where we've backed away, and help us to step in and be faithful to what you called us to in the moment. So, Lord, I pray, God, that when we leave our time together, as always, Father, I pray that we will leave here changed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. You can be seated this morning. What's the point? You know, there are times in our lives when we definitely feel the pressure of the call on our lives. See, I'll I'll start like this. There was some moments in my life when I was walking through life and I was doing what I, man, I'm doing what I, I love. See, here's the thing. Most people think that your calling is what you love to do the most. And can I tell you something? That's not always true. I was doing what I loved to do and what I was gifted to do, but yet it wasn't what I was called to do. And there were moments in my life as I was moving through the different seasons and all these different things that I would grow really frustrated because I'm like going, you know, God, I don't understand why as I'm walking down this, I'm obedient to you, I've sacrificed for you, I've done all the things that I've been taught to do, and I'm being faithful Yet, I don't understand why I'm going through this. And and I come to the place where I ask this question. What's the point? What is the point in all of this? Because, you know, sometimes when we're walking through missions that we don't really want to go on, and they don't seem like they mean anything, it's that place where we begin to forget who we are. We get frustrated, we get discouraged, all those things. And I think before we even move any further, I want to share another passage of Scripture with you. It's Psalms chapter 139. Just simply two verses, verses 13 and 14. Psalm 39, 139, verses 13 and 14, where it says, For you formed me, my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am wonderfully and fearfully or fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. You see, the outward appearance generally doesn't dictate the inward experience. Because isn't it interesting how we see the people around us and we look at them differently than they look at themselves? Have you ever noticed that, that when people look at you, you know, it's like if you have a bad hair day and you're like going, I'm, I'm having a bad hair day. Come on, anybody? There's a few. I could point you out right now. Um, <laughs> but you have a bad hair day and you're like going, oh my God, I can't go out like this. This looks awful. And then you get forced to go out anyway and nobody notices. What does that tell you? Number one, nobody cares. And number two, it's probably not nearly as bad as you thought it was. 
People's perception of you is different than our own perception of ourselves. So I find it interesting that we see here, and we're talking about Saul. And we're talking about this man who the Bible's telling, man, he was, he was a well-developed young man. And this is probably, he's probably a lot older than what you would think in this, in this story. But as we read this, it's like he's tall, he's handsome, he's all these things. There's a reason that the Bible's telling you these things. But we'll go into that later. But what I want you to see is something to remember when you're studying through the Old Testament and you're reading about different characters of, of history. When you're reading about characters in the Bible, remember your first introduction to that person scripturally is really important. Because scripturally, through, when you're reading about these people, what you'll find is the character of the person doesn't really change throughout their journey. There's a reason for that. And you'll notice with Saul, because most of you, if you've studied at all, understand where we're probably going with the end game here. But what I can also tell you is that the same weaknesses that you see in this journey, he carried over even to when you're talking about David and Goliath. When they're facing Goliath and Saul kind of missed the mark and he had to have David do the work for him, right? But if that's not the story today. What I want to help you with today is to help you with the understanding there are some tests that you're going to go through. When you're on your journey and when you're struggling through these things and you're just trying to find your way and to find your call. It's really interesting because let me start with this idea because you need to develop the right perspective. You need to develop the right perspective so that when you face moments that seem po pointless, you can begin to see your situation from a kingdom mindset instead of your flesh. Because let's be honest. When we're walking through life and we hit a road map, a road bump or something, we realize usually what happens is we don't see with the eyes of the Spirit, do we? We tend to look at it with our flesh. Well, I don't like that. You know, do you ever wonder if God sits up there and we're like these whiny kids? Well, I don't like this. This must not be from God. How many times have you done that when you hit a rough season and said, I must have not heard God? Have you read the Bible? Have you read the stories of people in the Word? It's like this happens all the time. It's like going, you're going, these people went through some, have you heard of a guy named Job? So when we see these things, we need to realize that there's some mindset things we need to keep in place. There's some perspectives that we need to have. Listen, if we allowed every difficult season to define who we are as believers, we would be pitiful. We would be no good for the kingdom, right? Because we would be so wounded walking around. We, we need to make sure that we have the right perspective of who God says we are and where we're going. So I want to remind you going into this, that as you journey in your call for God, in your calling that God created you for, that Psalms 139 just tells us that he knew you before you were born, that's why we need to protect the sanctity of life because every child that's been conceived has a purpose and a mission that God created them for. I mean, when you really think about it, how many children have lost their lives needlessly and missions that had to be squelched in that moment? How many Billy Grahams, how many Catherine Kuhlmans, how many great people that could have changed the world died on the altar of casual thought of life? 
Now, my message is not about that today, but I think it's important for us to understand that God knows who we are. So when we're stepping out into the call that he has for us, we need to be cognizant of that. That nothing that he does is by accident. Nothing. Every journey that you go out on, even though it makes no sense sometimes, God has a plan for it. Can I even tell you this? Sometimes we go out on our own missions and we really get ourselves in trouble. Anybody been there before? It's like, you know, well, let's stay off that for time. But the truth is, is that we sometimes when we go out on our own missions and we're missing the mark, what happens? God even says, I'm going to turn that around for good if you give it to me. That's beautiful. You know what we call that? Grace. Because he loves us that much. And your ultimate mission is that important. So let's look at this. So I want to start with this one key thought to start with. To see the pointless seasons in your life. To see the pointless seasons of life correctly, you must understand that your willingness to trust God's timing will be challenged. Oh, I need to say that again because y'all just lost all your spirit. To see the pointless seasons of life correctly, you must understand that your willingness to trust God's timing will be challenged. That's just reality, friends. That's just reality because I can't tell you one mission in my life that I've gone on that God's timing wasn't different than mine. Okay, let me help you with this because I, I love stories. I know you love stories, and I'll pick on my own self today. But, you know, I remember when I started this journey, this particular journey, it was wrought with obstacles, challenges, disappointments, and outright struggles. Moments of I quit. And I said, God, I told you I didn't like people. I can't believe you had me do this. Say, like, God, why, why would you put me in front of these people who, who they, they don't even think right? You know, say, God, I wanted you to take me to some people that had it all together. They're easier to pastor. Not true. That's why I'm thankful for all of you that don't have it together because that's why I get to pastor you. <laughs> But what I will tell you, here's what's the, the weird thing, is in my heart, praise God, we can do this. If they'll just give us control, then we can walk into this thing and we'll take the city by storm. We're going to change everything. We're going to make this happen. Three years went by. Five years went by. Ten years went by. It just kept crawling by and I kept asking, well, God? How am I supposed to do this and it's not happening? Because you said it was going to happen and I'm doing what you called me to do. See, the problem is I was looking through the, the lens of my desires and my want. And God was saying, I'm preparing you for what's coming. I'm preparing you for that mission that I've called you to. And I think it's interesting and so important for us to understand that it's a timing issue. See, what would have happened if Saul had have looked at his dad and said, I am not chasing your donkeys. I love it. See, I wanted to teach this out of King James, but y'all wouldn't have liked that. <laughs> you theologians know what I'm talking about. But dad, dad I don't want to do that. 
I, I don't, that's, there, you can send servants to do that. I don't need, you've got guys to do that. Why me? If he had turned it down, how would this played out? Perhaps a lot differently. Because when we see this, I think it's so important to understand that when we're facing these things, we'll find it in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36 is, says this. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings to you. Patient endurance is what you need now. Now, I'm going to say this again because some of you need to hear this. Because you want to take over the world now. You want radical revival now. You want all these things now. You want household salvation now. You say, and you, your favorite scripture is, now is the time. But what I want you to understand is there are seasons in our life and journeys where patient endurance is what we need. So that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all he has promised. Patience. Oh, I don't like patience. You know, what you, you know when you don't like something, it's usually because you don't have a whole lot of it. And I don't know about you, what I discover, I'm, I'm, I'll be 54 next month, and what I realize, every year that goes by, I feel like I get less patience. Have you ever noticed, it's kind of interesting, you know, in your 30s, See, for you youngins, you know, in your 30s, you're kind of rolling and you're, you know, and you, you want to make a mark and you want to make a difference and you want people to like you and, and be engaged with Then you hit your 40s and you really don't care as much. You're like, oh, I really don't, I, you know what, it's okay if they don't like me. It's, it's okay, I'm, it's, it's all good. Then you hit your 50s, you just don't care. You're like, oh, hey, this is what it is. I'm too old to change that part of me now. I can only imagine what my 60s are going to be like. But however, when we, we, I want you to understand patience. So let's look at patience defined. So patience defined, it's an ability or a willingness to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. Now, this is not out of the biblical Bible. This is just a definition of patience. An ability or willingness to suppress, do you know what that means? To push down, to suppress restlessness or annoyance. I think I struggle more with annoyance than I do restlessness. But this annoyance when confronted with delay because I want to do it when I want to do it. But God says I have a different time. So part of learning this journey that we're going to learn from Saul through the next few weeks is understanding that even when it doesn't feel like it, God's way is better than our way. Why? Because his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And his plan for us is planned to prosper us, not to harm us. Right? So we have a mission. And you know what? The truth is when we go in these places and things aren't happening the way we thought, thought it would, I think part of that process is to humble us. Because God won't use people who exalt themselves. As a matter of fact, if you exalt yourself, the Bible's pretty clear that he'll tear you down. Because it's a humble heart that he can use. So when we look at these passages and look at this, I'm just kind of preparing you for what you're about to learn in his life. See, it keeps us humble. It keeps us there. It also does this. It's to understand that it's going to test our integrity. Are we really who we say we are? 
are we really believers even when things aren't going like we thought they would? Are we really trusting God with what he called us to even when we don't like the particular thing? Because what kind of people would we be if we only obeyed God when it was stuff that we liked? Oh, wait, that's the American church. So what that tells me is that we all have an area that we should be convicted in. Because we like to pick and choose what we want out of the word. We also like to pick and choose what season we want in everything we do. God, I want the good. I don't want the struggle. I don't want the disappointment. I don't want all the effort. I just want, can you just anoint me? Just, just anoint me. It's so much easier just to do it that way. Yet, how does that build our integrity? How does that build us to be able to handle the anointing that God has for us? I can tell you this. Most of the hard places we go through as believers, walking and being obedient to God, is preparation for the next level that God's taken us to. So let me tell you something. That difficult place that you thought was going to kill you, hang on. Don't let go. Don't quit. Because what that tells me, the, the impact or the, uh, the level of that place, that challenge, that thing that you're going through speaks very deeply of the level that you're about to achieve that God's preparing you for. So God had to take Saul on a little journey. He had to take Saul on this journey to say, okay, how are you going to do this? And let me just say this as a, as a side, is this, you know the fastest way to promotion in the kingdom of God is to serve. The fastest way to promotion in God's kingdom is to serve others. So understand that part of that journey is being able to say, you know what, okay, that's fine. Pastor, I want to be, I feel called to leadership. I feel called to that. What can I do? How do I step into that? Well, we've got some openings in the children's departments. Oh, no, 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 I don't do kids. That's not my anointing. I didn't ask what your anointing was. You asked, how do I start? I'm telling you how I start. Now, there's some of you I don't want in the kid, but I, that's another story. But when we talk about this, it's the understanding we've got to be willing to do what we don't particularly want to do because part of that is God preparing us for what he created us to do. You see, when I started out, I thought I was going to do one thing. But it was on the journey that I discovered, no matter how fun it was or how much I loved it, what I discovered, the effectiveness of my life was in a whole other area. See, I would have never discovered my calling had I not been faithful to God in the small journeys, in the donkey missions, so to speak. So let's, let's just look at that for a minute. So what we need to understand that even Jesus was tested in his journey. He had the same kind of tests he did. He's gone through everything that you're going to go through. He's had the temptations. As a matter of fact, when he's, going, he's in the desert and he's doing the fast, all this stuff at the very beginning of his ministry, and we know the, we know the story over in the book of Luke chapter 4, we know the story because what it talks about is the temptation of Jesus. And remember, he's fasting. I don't know if any of you have ever fasted. You know, I, it's something that the church has lost over the years because it's hard. It's like, what do you mean, Pastor, I'm going to fast a meal today. Oh. You're going to fast one of the seven meals you have a day. Anyway, that's another sermon. But no, seriously, I mean, when they would fast, and he's fasting, he's hungry. He's hungry. 
40 days hungry. And the enemy shows up and is tempting him with bread. So come on, you can turn. You're Jesus. You're going through all this. And Jesus is like, no, I'm not going there. He stayed true. You know what? Would he been, been like, yeah, dude, the dude's hungry. Yeah, just go. It's fine, Jesus. It's not going to change who you are. But what happens when Jesus does, he says, no, 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 it's not by that that I live. It's by my Father's word that I live. In other words, sometimes we've got to be willing to put our discomfort ahead of our comfort in order to keep doing the mission that we're currently on. Because this is the one thing that I learned, and here's the one thing, and, and then I'm going to jump back into this. For me and Tawana, what, the greatest joys of our lives was I got to serve, we got to serve with our parent, my parents. And it was hard. There were difficult places. Me and dad didn't see eye to eye on everything. But, you know, it was difficult because you're working with your dad and, you know, there's these lines and you're trying not to cross these lines and all this stuff. And it was challenging in many, probably more challenging for him than it was for me. But the reality was, is God had called me and Tawana to honor mom and dad. And there were a lot of things and a lot of distractions and a lot of opportunities that people would say were opportunities that were brought to us. And we turned everyone down. Why? Because we recognize what God called us to. Why? Because we needed to finish that mission so that God could prepare us for the current mission, for our calling. But see, most people don't finish well. They don't finish well. So we have to really be watching all of those things and understand that. So let me talk about this. Let, let's give you, let me give you another point. And I'm only going to give you two today for sake of time. So your pointless seasons are always about something greater. Your pointless seasons are always about something greater than your current mission. You see, Saul's mission in the moment was to go find dad's donkeys. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, they're just cheap donkeys and nobody wants to care. No, donkeys were very expensive in that moment. That was a big deal. But yet, can you imagine going on a pointless mission, and as you read through 9, I'm going to challenge you to read 9 and 10, chapters 9 and 10 through this week, so that you could be prepared for where I'm taking you, because there's some great insight for those that study as you move forward, and you'll find some parallels to your life, I promise. But when we see this journey, what I can tell you is that things that seem pointless at the time are what God uses to lead you to where you need to be. God used all of these lessons. He, he went through all these different areas, and these were rough places. Some of these were deserted places. Some of these were just places. Nobody wants to go there, but yet he did. And guess what? He met nothing the whole time. He never made any success, no success. See, some of you are walking through and you're going, but I've not seen any kind of fruit from what I'm doing. And I'm just telling you, stay faithful. Don't stop. Don't quit pushing. Don't stop being obedient. Or, or don't stop uh, doing what God led you to do because your call is wrapped up in what you're doing now. Stay faithful. Stay on target and understand that there are going to be missions in your life that seemingly aren't connected to what your call is. 
But yet, if you're not faithful in the small missions, you're never going to be positioned for the greater things that God has for you. Hmm. I'll tell you this, because we went through a season once, and uh, I, I know I'm being a little aloof on some of these, but it's just for sake of time, because it's more about the emotion in the moment than it is about the actual experience. But I, I remember going through a very difficult place, and, and I, had no ex- I really had no experience in the place that I was in life at that time. And I didn't have the people to ask. My father had passed away, and he was kind of my one confidant that knew everything that I could really talk to. And he had the life experience to speak that, and he was gone. And I was going through a very difficult place, and I remember calling uh, one of my, a mentor friend of mine, and I, I called and explained everything and poured it out and I was like just you know like I need I, I, I need to hear something and I'll never forget as he began to talk to me he said these words he said Clay every person who's ever done anything great for the kingdom of God has sat right where you're sitting right now and that's what I want to tell you you may be facing a disappointment that you don't understand You may be facing a challenge of, why did God bring me down this path? I've been serving him. I'm trying. And I don't understand why I'm even in this. It seems pointless. I want to tell you right now that anyone who's done anything great for the kingdom of God has sat where you're sitting right now. That place of, I don't know what to do. Yeah, boy, do I know that feeling. You're not alone. But what I can tell you is through that experience, how different would my life look and the call that God placed on me if I had have succumbed to the flesh of my heart. If I had have just said, you know what, this is ridiculous, I'm not doing this. And I'm going to tell you the temptation was there. The challenge is what do you do with it? Because that's some of the things we're going to talk about in his journey. But let me, let me help you really quickly. And I want to give you three challenges this morning real quick. So in the rest of the chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 9, there are a few more verses. And it's chapters 14, or verses 14 through 17. So 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 14 through 17 says this. So they went up to the city. As they were coming to the city, this is toward the end of his, his journey. We're going to hit on the, end, the middle part of his journey through the rest of the month. As they were coming into the city, there was Samuel. There he was, the man of God. They were looking for an answer. Coming out toward them on his way to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, tomorrow by this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over all my people Israel that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. So what I'm showing you is this is a snapshot of his journey. It started in a place of insignificance. I'm going to look for some donkeys. And it ends in a place where the mission just went a complete different direction. So I want you to think about that today. 
that perhaps you feel like you've missed the mark or maybe you're in the place where you feel like, you know, what, what do you mean a call? I'm not doing anything significant for God. If you're opening a door and greeting people and helping them come into the house of God, if you're parking cars, if you're helping in the nursery, whatever you're doing, if you're serving the homeless in your community, all these things, don't count those things insignificant. As a matter of fact, know that this is a big deal. Why? Because nothing is insignificant in the eyes of God. Because he's looking for faithfulness. And he will always bless your faithfulness. So I love this. Let me give you three challenges this week to work on. I want to give you three simple challenges. The first one is this. Be faithful to your current mission. Be faithful to what it is God's called you to. Be faithful. Why, 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 do I, why do you have to tell me that? Because I'm telling you that because just like Saul, Saul could have quit at any moment through that journey. As a matter of fact, you're going to find there's a place in particular that he says, we need to go home because dad's worried about me. He's going to stop worrying about the donkeys. He's going to be worried about me. Let's just go back. It's a great story. There's always moments of temptation to distract you from being faithful to the mission God's called you to. So be faithful to your current mission. Be faithful to that. Let me give you another one. The second one is this. Don't let anything be beneath you. No, 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 you don't understand, Pastor. <laughs> I know that I need to be humble, but that's just a little too humbling. Are you kidding? I just want to remind you, don't let anything be beneath you. Serve. Serve. The fastest way to promotion in the kingdom of God is to serve others. Let nothing be beneath you. God, how can I serve? What can I do? How can I do this? What mission do you need me to go on? I'll do whatever you need me to do. You know, we hear that thing all the time, but sometimes what happens is, wait a minute, God, that's not what I meant. I meant one where the spotlight's on me. That's what we really mean. So, Pastor, I want to I play on that worship team. I want to be a part of that worship team. Well, let me ask you something. Where else are you serving? What else are you doing? I just want you to understand the importance of saying, no, no, there's nothing beneath me. If I'm going to be faithful to God and I'm going to serve God, let me be who God's called me to be. So don't let anything be beneath you. The third thing is this. Stop seeing things as pointless and start seeing them as preparation. Because I can promise you this, God has a plan. As a matter of fact, I think that's so important. I only want you to turn to your neighbor right now and just tell him. Say, don't worry, God's got a plan. Come on. Come on, Troy almost did it. You almost said it. I saw that. Almost. I'm working on it. God's got a plan. Don't worry. He's got this. We just need to be faithful in the small things. So stop things, seeing things as pointless and start seeing them as preparation. Do you know what I realize in my own life as I close? What I realize in my own life is that all those frustrating moments that I didn't understand when I was working with my dad, who was a great man, but let me tell you something, there's still the complexity of father-son. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But all the things in the moment when he would say things, I'm going, oh, my God, I'd go home to Tawana and say, my dad is senile. <laughs> he does not understand. Now, I, I would say that he just doesn't understand business, and that, which was true. 
So he just doesn't, he, honey, I, I, he doesn't get it. But yet now, after staying faithful through frustrating moments, number one, I got to, at the, before the end of his life, became, he became my best friend. We became so close. And I will never trade that for one thing. But the other thing is this, those things that I thought were so ridiculous in that moment, now that I'm in a different role, I reckon I'm like going, oh, wow, he was a genius, right? He didn't understand business, but he sure understood everything else. And what I realized, if I hadn't stayed faithful in those small things, then I wouldn't have learned those lessons that he needed for me to be who I am today. So stop seeing things as pointless and realize that God is preparing you for something greater. And that's what I want you to see. Because the reality that in this place right now, there are people here, there are people that are listening to this today, that you're going through some of the deepest struggles of your entire life. We live in a world right now that chaos and conflict are everyday things. We go to work and we're confronted with our faith. We go to work or go into the marketplace, wherever we're going in life, we go in there and there's this tension of how do I be who I am without losing my job? How do I stand on my convictions? There's conflict and chaos everywhere. And let me tell you something. Just because we're followers of Christ doesn't mean we're immune to the struggles. What it means for us is that we have a champion that's willing to fight for us. So what I want to tell you, you may be in that place and you may be struggling deeply, but I just want to tell you right now that it's not over. Stay faithful. And I'll say one more thing. Well, I'll say more than one, but you get the idea. Some of you, you've been nothing but rebellious children. God's called you to do things, and you're just not doing it because you didn't like it. God's called you to do simple things. Look, how can God give you something greater if you're not willing to do the first things? People say, Pastor, I want to walk in a heavy anointing. (laughs) Be careful what you ask for. Because there's a price. God, I want to to walk in that. I want a deliverance ministry. I want to see people saved. I want to walk in those things. And I want to see revival. I want to do all those things. But God, you know, you're asking me to spend X amount of time with you every day. God, that's that's not really feasible in this day and age. You see what I'm talking about? Some of you, God's called you on some donkey missions that you rejected. And you wonder why things aren't playing out like you thought they would play out. It's because you've not even started the small mission yet. And God's waiting so he can pour into you the reality and the truth that he needs you to have for the next place. There's a lot of things I thought I would be doing way before 53. But when I came to the place that I realized, you know what? Age is just a number. It truly is. 
It's just a number. It doesn't matter because here's the thing. I realize when God anoints something or someone, it doesn't matter where they came from, how old they are, how young they are. It doesn't matter what their past was like. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. What matters is are you faithful to the things that you don't understand? When you don't have the whole picture, will you stay faithful with the next step? That's it. Next week, I want to talk to you about some of the things of your past that are keeping you off course. But today, I'd ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes. Today, as we step into this incredible story, I just want to remind you that too many of us give up in seasons that seem pointless. The question I would ask you on this is, who said it was pointless? Who said? Because this is the journey God called you to. That means there's something beautiful connected to it. So maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've gone through a lot of junk in my life. And if I'm being transparent and being honest before God, I recognize that I've gotten off target on the missions and I need to hammer down and be faithful. If that's you today and say, Pastor, would you be praying for me? I, I need to get that right. I, I, need to, I need to hammer down. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me this week. I just want you to slip your hand up right where you are and say, Pastor, remember me. Just slip them up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Keep them up and hold them up. That's all I remember. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Hands they're going up now. Thank you, thank you. Yep, 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 yep. Thank you, thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Oh, some more came up. Thank you. Amen. You can place your hands back down. Now, I'm going to ask one more question. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here today and you say, Pastor, the reality in my life is that I know that I'm lost without God. I know that there's sin in my life and I need to make it right. Today I want to tell you that scripture that I was referring to, now is the time. The scripture says now is the day of salvation. If you're feeling it in your heart right now, don't let this moment pass you by. Because that means the Holy Spirit is drawing you right now. You say, Pastor, but I used to, I used to go to church. I used to be really involved. I, that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, are you right with God right now? You say, Pastor, I need to make a decision today. It's personal business. There's nobody looking around. I, you say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to slip your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you today. That's not what I do. But you say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't want to miss any hands. Amen. You can place your hands back down. Now I want to ask everyone in the room, would you just stand to your feet if you can? And I'm going to ask our altar workers and pastors that are available to join us at the front. And I I want to pray for you. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for being faithful to the journey. Thank you. We don't hear that enough these days. Thank you. So as I pray for you, I want you to remember. You raised your hand and said, Pastor, pray for me on this journey. I need to hammer down. Remember, I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. 
it's a reciprocal thing. It, it makes a big difference because we're in this together. And I believe in you. So don't give up. Hammer down. Now, the next thing I'd say is this. You raise your hand and you said, Pastor, I need to make a decision. What I'd ask everybody to do, let's pray this prayer together. So all across the room, would you just bow your heads right where you are, close your eyes, and let's pray this simple prayer as a family. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I am forgiven. I'm a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I receive you, Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, church.